Wanna whisper in your ear that you're, that you're good enough I wanna change the way you see you, you're strong enough Say them not know that you got more than meets the eyes And them not see you making stride after stride We are all control freaks Let's just face that right now. When you think about it, a major portion of what we do is all about controlling how we feel, how other people see us, how we see ourselves, how we think, where we're headed, and how much success we will have. I know it was hard for me to admit it too, but we gotta admit it, girl. We want to be in control. We wanna make sure our lives are going good, that our children never get sick or hurt. And when we are not in control or we are hit with information that is not within our radius of dominance, we get stressed. We have panic and anxiety attacks. We lose our cool. Even if it looks like we have it all together on the outside, on the inside, we're about to explode. Welcome to Queen Tings. I am LaShawn Brooks, your friend and therapeutic coach. I advocate for your wholeness in life, your business, and your legacy. I've worked with thousands of people to move their mindsets forward in all of these areas, and I've coached queens who are in business for themselves, making a seven-figure lifestyle, and I've also coached queens who are starting from scratch without much to give. I've learned that life is coming at us hard and fast every single day. As queens, we have marriage stuff to deal with, financial stuff, traumas, employees, church stuff, anxieties, health issues, daddy issues, mama issues, and marketing issues all balled up in our hearts, and we need to release. So let's feed your heart, queen. Let's get your heart free and clear and moving forward so you can authentically express who you are, create wealth and surround yourself with people that love and support your purpose. Let's get into it. Again, I know it is hard to admit our control freakish ways, although we cannot control what comes our way, we like to feel like we can. Remember how you felt when the information about the coronavirus came through the news and everything began to shut down? Where were you? What were you thinking? I'm going to tell on myself. I was immediately thinking about how I can keep my children from getting ill. You know, everything around us shut down, including school. Um, I swore my children would never see the inside of a school again because we were not going down because of some illness, Um, which, of course, you know, it wasn't possible as life moved forward. But my declaration was all about controlling things, trying to get back in control. I had to fight losing it often during that lockdown season. My anxieties were super high whenever anybody sneezed. I mean, you remember, (laughs) even when people cleared their throats, it was like, oh God, how do you feel? Do you have a fever? I was touching the foreheads of my kids to make sure there was no fever. And, And then I was tapping my own forehead and getting, you know, just getting myself prepared in case we had to go through a bout of COVID, you know, and and I was going back in my, you know, me, oh my gosh, I can really go there in this control thing. I was going 
in the back of my mind thinking, okay, did we touch anything when we just left the house? Did we, you know, did, did anybody touch anything? Did I make sure that we sanitized hands that we, I mean, I had hand sanitizer, hand wipes everywhere. I had gloves. I I was just so serious about keeping the control of my family's health. And yes, it was wisdom to do our best to wear our, our masks and wear gloves. And, you know, in, in, in some cases we couldn't wear gloves. So sanitizing, you know, but it got a bit controlish, control freakish in those moments. And I'm sure you had your own moments of wanting to control how things went during that time. But the truth is, all of us were out of control. And I know it's, it sounds comical with me doing, you know, going through all of my, you know, my stressed out situations and, and checking everybody for fevers and all that. But I remember the horror, the horror in the face of my family members on FaceTime as we discussed our children and what would be happening moving forward. You know, when our sense of control is lost, we have to fight to not lose ourselves. In moments like that, and in everyday moments, things that pop up on a daily basis, micromanaging what happens in life often becomes the essence of our prayers. Literally, just this week, I had a really good friend of mine. I got a call from one of our mutual friends telling me that she was in the hospital for some crazy stuff going on in her body. And then on that same day, I got a phone call from my 19-year-old daughter telling me that she was just in a car accident that totaled the car that she was in. The car hit the side, hurt the side that she was on, and she was having some pain. I mean, listen, COVID-19 didn't get us, but here we are having all of these other things that happen in life on a regular basis. And like when I cannot control, I'm, I'm telling on myself because I want you to be vulnerable here too. I want you to open your heart and tell on yourself as well, right? You need to write these things down. But when I heard those things, I just internally was freaking out. On the outside, I'm talking. I'm like, yes, everyone's going to be fine. But my insides went wild. When we have these moments, we often want to micromanage the future with our prayers. Micromanaging the future starts to become the essence of, of our prayers. We pray to keep things in control. And when they are not under our control, we pray even harder. Now we've been talking about prayer for some time now. And I think it is so necessary as we have come into the new year, we closed last year out with it. And as we come into the new year, this is something that is going to be so important for us because life is happening all around us every single day. And there is nothing we can do to control, but there is something we can do to deal with our response and to deal with our hearts in these moments. Instead of praying harder, instead of, you know, buckling down and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, there are other things that we need to start do, start doing. <laughs> so micromanaging life, you know, really, when you look at it, is often a trauma or a drama response. We've had some trauma or we've had some drama in our lives 
that has um, really taken a toll on us and it starts to trigger those areas. We want to control what's happening. A child who has never heard of or experienced COVID-19 never really worries about whether they touch you know, the basket in the store or whether their masks are covering their noses. But if she experiences it or she hears about it or sees someone that is dealing with it, she'll start to manage that situation differently. What caused that micromanagement there? It's a need for control. When trauma takes place, and rightfully so, because we as humans, we learn through our experiences and through the experiences of others, and then we do what we need to do to survive. We're creatures of control. Our habits and our routines give us a sense that we're handling things well. And so we'll do what we need to do. That that child will do what she needs to do so that she can survive moving forward. Our sense of control, our habits, our routines, they make us feel like we're doing life well. We're, we've, we've got this under control. We've got life figured out. And that keeps us from falling apart. So in, in, some, in some moments, we do need to have that feeling like, you know, <laughs> everything is going to be okay. But it doesn't need to come from the source of us controlling. It needs to come from another source. Because problems arise when we start to focus our prayer lives and our people managing <laughs> skills as a means of controlling things. We try to control what happens to us, what happens to our children and everything else around us. And so it's grafted into our culture and, and, and even into our, you know, <laughs> human beingness. I'm creating a word there. Um, and we... We want to make sure that we're managing things. We say sometimes, I'm praying for you, but we're actually saying, I'll take a shot <laughs> at controlling the situation for you. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for other people or their situations to get better or our own situation to get better. I'm not asking, I'm not asking you to, to, to stop praying for things to get better. I'm saying that when prayer is used as a tool of control, we get nearsighted. And then we get super disappointed and unhinged when things don't turn out the way we prayed for them to turn out. I have spoken with countless queens who were praying for their marriages to get better, for things to stay together, for a man to make sure that he treats her right. I have spoken with many queens who have felt horrible that they prayed that they wouldn't be left by their husbands, but it happened anyway. Because our prayers are not meant to control another person or control the situation. And when it happens anyway, it causes them to become unhinged. It causes them to be disappointed. And in many times it causes them to walk away from their relationship with God because they feel like God didn't answer their prayers. But we were never meant to pray to control other people. Yeah. So you were called to be a house of prayer. You were called to be an access point for divine wisdom 
and truth. But micromanaging life, it interferes with you being that access point. It interferes with your prayer flow. Prayer is simply communication with the divine. It's an expression of your belief. Every religion has some form of communication with its deity. So everyone can have a prayer life. Everyone can become more mindful of who they are in the presence of divine wisdom. There is an account in the Bible where God encourages a man named Joshua to meditate on his word day and night, and then he'll have good success. What was the word of God at that time? You know, what, what, what was that look, what was that looking like at that time? Was it a bunch of scriptures in a book? No, it was stories that were being passed down. Testimonies of people walking hand in hand with divine wisdom, eye to eye with God. It was relational stories. It wasn't about religious forms and religious traditions and, you know, all of the things that we can do religiously to make life move forward. These were relational stories that Joshua had. They were to meditate on what was shared because it expanded their own possibilities. So in prayer, you get the downloads of the things in your DNA that your parents didn't share with you. There may be some stories that you have from your parents. Maybe your parents were people who walk with God and they shared those stories with you. But we, some of us have parents that didn't have their own prayer life. They were not in connection with uh, divine wisdom. You know, they, it seemed like they had no, nothing to share with us about life being on another level. And even if they didn't share those things with you in your prayer life, you get to get the downloads of those things in your DNA that you need, those things that go beyond what we see with our physical eye. You get access to the, the, to the divine, but you also get the stuff that your predecessors did not tap into. Your possibilities become endless in prayer. Your limitations, when you're in a space of prayer, you can get to the space where your limitations disappear. And when you walk out, of that moment, that time of prayer, that time where eternity stands still and you begin addressing what was placed in your DNA, those limitations go away. In prayer, you don't work on controlling what will happen. Instead, you look into what needs to happen and you are given the right to share it with the atmosphere. I will say that to you again. In prayer, you don't work on controlling what happens. Instead, you look into what needs to happen, and then you're given the right to share it with the atmosphere. I mean, I remember many times uh, just dealing with my own children. I have a daughter who has fought asthma since she was a little girl, and it put us in um, intensive care a couple of times. We were in the hospital very often, especially during certain times of the year when her allergies would get really bad. Oh my goodness. And I remember in those moments, there were days where I would pray like, please, please don't let us go to the hospital. Please don't let us have to go. Please don't let us have to go to, I mean, I would beg and beg and beg. And that never (laughs) stopped us from going to the hospital in those times. It wasn't until 
I calmed down in my prayers. And instead of begging not to have to go to the hospital, I started to rest in the fact that, God, you're with us. Show me what needs to happen. And there was one time where I peeked into what needed to happen and I saw, you know what? What needs to happen here is we need to stay home. I need to make sure that my child is not dehydrated and I need to buckle down on some of the the medicines that they've already given me. And I saw what I needed to do. And so I began to speak into my atmosphere. It wasn't big declarations like, we are not going to the hospital. No, it was more of, you know what? I can see myself sitting here on my bed in peace, nurturing, taking care of, speaking life over my daughter, giving her the medicines, doing what I need to do to make sure that she's okay. And we're going to give this another hour. I could see into that. And I was able to share that with my atmosphere. And after that, we never went back to the hospital concerning her asthma again. Because I learned a different way to to pray. In prayer, you partner with divine wisdom to agree with what needs to take place. So imagine this. I want you to imagine this. You've just laid down at night. You're going to bed. And this is your prayer time now. It could be early morning. It could be middle of the day uh, or night. (laughs) Your heart will choose the moment that you need to pray. Don't Don't let anyone say, this is when you need to pray. You need to wake up at 6 a.m. No, maybe your prayer time is 6 p.m. in the evening, evening. Maybe it's when you're in the shower. Maybe it's while you're exercising, right? But for the sake of example, I just want you to imagine that your prayer time is when you lay down to go to bed at night. You're laying there, you're almost ready for sleep. The question comes up, how do you pray? Now, I wanna give you some simple understandings so that when you do get into your moment of prayer, as many things as I can move out of the way, as many hindrances as I can, as many as I can move out of the way, move out of your way, all the hurdles, I'm trying to push those things out of the way so that nothing stops you from communicating, all right? So you're laying in bed. How do, how do I begin? Number one, I want you to recognize, stay in this frame of mind. Anybody can pray. Anybody can pray. Doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your nationality. It does not matter what religion you follow. Anybody can pray. You didn't work your way into this position of being able to pray. Nobody works their way into the position to have access to divine wisdom. That is impossible. It is actually a gift. Your access to divine wisdom is a gift. We cannot control who has access right? We can't control that. I can't say you can't pray. You can't, you cannot have access to God. I don't have the right to say that. You know why? Because that access is a gift. The access to divine wisdom and truth is a gift. So never deny yourself because you don't feel worth an answered prayer. And in this moment, I want to remind you that prayer is not a conversation between a king and you as the pauper, 
It's a conversation between a king and you, the queen, who sees eye to eye with this queen, who has been brought to the same status as this king. There is a shared status in the place of prayer. And that is a gift. So number one, recognize anybody can pray. That's a status, that's a space that has been given specifically to you. Number two, start broad. Start broad. Pour, your, pour out all of the shallow contents of your heart, right? When I say the shallow contents, I'm, I'm not saying shallow <laughs> when it comes to how important it is to you, but I'm saying the stuff that's just on top of mind. Prayer is heart communication. So when we begin, we're normally just clearing our minds rather than communicating from our hearts, which is okay. When you're first starting out, you may not immediately come from the heart. You may be just coming from what's going on in the day, and that is okay. So pray out those shallow contents of your heart. I was at work today, and that really something really bothered me. Bring that into your prayer time. Pour out those shallow contents, and then you have an opportunity to go deeper. As you clear your mind, you'll be able to start communicating more from the deeper spaces in your heart. Why? Because the heart is where manifestation begins. So you pray out what is on the top of your mind, and sometimes it's good to write those things out just for your own record keeping, right? Write those things out. Get them out so that you can start to go to the deeper spaces in your heart because your heart always wants to create, but it doesn't always feel like creating. This is where creators get in trouble a whole lot of times. We get um, writer's block. We don't know what, what we should do next. What is the next place of creating for me? We get blocked. Why? Because we haven't gotten rid of the shallow contents of our hearts. Get rid of those shallow contents of your heart in prayer. Get rid of the clutter. And I promise you, you will be back to creating, back to writing in no time. Number three, as you pray, ask for perfect wisdom to be accomplished in every situation. Ask for perfect wisdom to be accomplished in every situation. We want perfect wisdom. There are times where we are praying for something, begging for something to happen, and it's not a good idea because we can be so nearsighted. Oh God, please let my daughter marry this specific person. Why? Because on the outside, he looks amazing. And oh my God, he went to Harvard and he has this amazing degree and he's going to be able to make money to take care of my children. And he has the texture of hair (laughs) that I want my grandkids to have. And so we pray these prayers that we don't even we don't even see life in the long run. And so because our prayers are nearsighted, we need to ask for perfect wisdom to be accomplished because he may look good on the outside, but on the inside, he just might be a narcissistic person who will abuse your child. So we need for perfect wisdom to be accomplished, not the nearsighted prayer. So ask for more than what your imagination has produced thus far. 
ask for more than what your imagination has produced. So it looks like this may be a good match for my daughter. And you come more open instead of begging that this match happens. We'll say, hey, you know, I really like this guy. I think this guy may be an amazing match for my daughter, but I want perfect wisdom to be accomplished in this situation. Yeah. Number four, when you ask for something specific, right? We just said this. When you ask for something specific, be open to receive more than what you've asked for and be open to receiving it in a way that doesn't look exactly like what you hoped it would look like. Be open to receiving it in a way that doesn't look exactly like what you hoped it would look like, right? So you're hoping for something amazing to happen. You're praying for something amazing to happen. And it is okay to be specific as far as what you want to happen in a situation. I would really like to have this job promotion, right? And although I want this job promotion, this is something that I want in my life. It will provide better for my family. I want this thing so bad, God. I'm giving you access to give this to me, but I'm putting in a disclaimer. I'm also giving you access to do above what my imagination has produced here. I'm also giving you access to make this look in a way that it doesn't look exactly like what I want to happen. But I do know that taking care of my family, having a greater amount of money or bringing in increase, I do know that that is something that you want even more than I can want it. So I'm giving you access to give that to me, even if it doesn't look the way that I want it to look. Yeah. So we remain open. This is what I want specifically, but I'm open for more. I don't want you to open yourself for less than what you're hoping for. I always want you to open your heart for more because when divine wisdom arrives with the answer, it is always more than what you we're hoping for. That's how you know is divine wisdom is always bigger than what you were able to imagine yourself. Number five, understand that prayer is more about yielding than it is about gaining what you've planned to have. Understand that prayer is more about yielding than it is about gaining what you plan to have. Even our desires shift as we delve into prayer. The more we pray, the more we practice an awareness of divine wisdom in the room with us, being with us, being on the inside of us, the more we practice prayer is the more our desires begin to shift, yeah? And so understand that prayer is more about yielding than about getting what I want. Number six, pray your own way. Don't be fooled into following another person's method for prayer unless that method complies with who you are. You might start off like someone you've known as a prayer model and that's okay, but grow and develop your own style of prayer. We are different people. You can pray to music or you can pray without it. 
And that music may be calming music or that music might have a nice bass drop to it. You understand? Like you pray how you pray and allow your own style of prayer to be developed. You can sing your prayers. You can speak your prayers out like poetry. You can draw out or doodle your prayers in a sketchbook. You might write paragraphs of your heart out to God. Just know God knows how to read too. <laughs> Understood? So you can pray your own way. It doesn't have to look like what anybody else is doing. And number seven, understand that these are simple guidelines in hopes that you will feel freer to pray. It's in hopes that you will kick aside all hindrances and just do you in prayer. I hope that you pray all the time while you are talking with others, while you are talking with yourself, (laughs) while you're watching movies, while you're in the shower, while you're disciplining your children, while you're teaching a class, making a sales call, or sipping your morning tea, while you are coaching your clients, while you're creating the next program for your business and and approaching your launch date, while you are doing your um, online automations, yes? While you're doing your email sequence, I hope you pray. I hope you pray to music. I hope you pray while you wash dishes, while you're combing your, your daughter's hair or brushing your son's hair, while you're preparing your notes for a presentation, while you study for a test. I hope you pray and train your heart and your mind to be aware of your access to God at all times. Become the one who prays constantly and the prayer itself so that when you're silent, prayer oozes through your pores because you are the prayer going somewhere to happen. You are the open heaven that the world needs access to. You are the portal the access point, and the, the clarity that people need. You are the prayer, the communication. Every step you take communicates the intentions of your heart toward heaven and toward the people around you. When you understand the access that you have more to more, to greater, you will accept the advantage in life. And give that advantage to others without demanding that they qualify to pray just as you pray. Everyone qualifies. I pray that your eyes will be open to all of the goodness available to you and all of the greatness inside of you. I pray that your insight expands even more and that you can ask for things that are beyond what you have imagined. I pray that your prayer life becomes a door to more and a door for others to experience more. Amen. Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to join me for a one-on-one strategy session. It's where we'll dive deeper into all of this information and we'll make it your way of life and business progress. Go to iqueenup.com and click on work with LaShawn. It's time to get insight for your queen team. 
you are love.